You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. If you have your Bibles, I take you to Luke chapter number 15. Luke chapter number 15. And I want to read a familiar story to you this morning from this telling of the parable son or the lost son, the prodigal son rather, or the lost son. I know we've heard it many times before, but I want to just highlight, if I can, a couple of things for us in the next few moments. God laid this message on my heart probably about two months ago, and uh, I, I, I ended up sharing it in the month of March when I was asked to do uh, some some events uh, uh, in Missouri and Connecticut and Minnesota. And I think I shared it once or twice there, but I'm going to share it with you here today. I felt it for us, for somebody here today. So I don't know who I'm preaching to. I'm preaching to myself. I know that. But I think I'm preaching a little bit to everyone here today. Um, but I just want to give this to you today, what God has given to me, and take it home with us And let's look at this. Luke chapter number 15 and verse number 11. Jesus tells the story here. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son took, gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted. Everybody say wasted. Wasted his substance with riotous living. And he took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. When he had spent all there, rose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. I want to talk to us if I can this morning on this thought, the temptation of curiosity. The temptation of curiosity. Now, this would normally be crafted in my mind for a a young person that's coming of age, maybe stepping out on their own into the realm of independence. But the Bible testifies and life testifies that this message is not just for the young, but it's for those that have been living for God for a season. Amen or even for a long time, because we all are susceptible to idleness, idleness in our life, and not idolatry, but but being idle. And we see that in David's biggest failure in his life was after he had won all of his successes, and he came into idle time, and then this temptation of curiosity set in. Lay your Bibles down. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your word today, and I ask you in these next few moments, God, to speak into our heart and to speak into our life. Let your spirit have liberty today, right now, I pray. God, let there be a freedom, God, for your voice to be able to speak into our hearts and our minds and our soul today. To every man, woman, child, mother, and father, we pray this today in Jesus' name. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. Clap your hands up to the Lord. We thank God today. We give Him glory. We give Him praise today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the house this morning. 
Psalm chapter number 16, David writes in the last verse of that chapter, in verse 11, he says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. And he makes this powerful statement. In thy presence is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. I don't know about you, but I enjoyed hearing some of the testimonies this morning during our Sunday school class. Thank you, Brother Ryan. Amen. Thank you for sharing and telling the testimony. And it was wonderful to see how Someone could share a testimony here and then someone else say, well, I'm in the church because they're here. And somebody else say, well, I'm in the church because they're here. And we come in and begin to talk about the good things of the Lord. David says, in thy presence is fullness of joy. Not just joy, but the fullness of joy. It's better than I even could have imagined it to be. It's greater than I could have ever imagined. Today, I want to remind somebody or I want to inform somebody that the best of everything in this life is right here in the presence of the Lord. The best of everything that you can experience in this life is found in the Holy Ghost, in the Spirit of God in your life. Somebody say praise the Lord. Amen. Everything, amen, that you could ever desire in life is right here. Amen. 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 It's good to have my wife home this week. Amen. Glad to have her back. She, she snuck away with her, her sisters and her mom this week, and they went out to a, a, a beautiful place out west, out in Arizona, did some hiking. And uh, I did see somebody, I saw the picture online. You didn't share it, but your sister did. You guys went to Savers. I knew you were going to throw in some. <laughs> Tell you, she gets away from me, and she goes crazy in those thrift stores. Thank God she was flying. She couldn't pack it up and bring it home. Amen. They snuck away and went over there, and so they flew back in. It was late Friday night, and, and uh, Shauna, I got to share what, what you said, because we were coming down when they, we came, came off the plane. Luca was standing there with a sign, ready to see his mom, and, and uh, so were the other kids. And, and uh, as we were riding down the escalator to get the baggage and baggage claim, Shauna was telling us she'd never, you'd never been to Arizona. That was your first time to Arizona. And I said, how was it? And she was just saying, wow, it was so beautiful and so wonderful. And I don't want to elaborate too much, but she, she, uh, the statement you said was you said all the times that you've talked about it and all the pictures that you've showed and all the things she said, it was better than I could have ever imagined. And Janelle was telling how you, you go to take a picture and then you take the picture and you're like, that, that doesn't even do it. That doesn't even capture it. It's not even, anybody know what I'm talking about? You've been places, you've been there and you pull out your phone or you pull out the camera and you're trying to capture it and you're like, ah, oh, you can't, can't, you take another one. It just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't capture it. You just have to be there to experience. I tell you, that's a little bit how it is. I feel like living for God. Yes. 
You try to tell somebody how good it is and you just, the words, they just don't come up. You try to explain somebody how, how, how great it is. It, it just, it falls short. Amen. But what I can say is it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. I didn't know it could be this good. I, I, I didn't know life could be this great. But when I found his presence, I found fullness of joy. Oh, somebody thank the Lord today for the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah in our life. Amen. And if you have never given your heart to God, I'm here to tell you today that now is a great day to make the decision. If you've never repented of your sins, if you've never been baptized in Jesus name, Tracy, can I get a witness? It's a powerful thing in your life. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, amen, filled with the Spirit of God, there is nothing, amen, in this life that compares you can take this whole world, the songwriter said, but give me Jesus. It's everything. It's everything. It's what we're all about. It's why we're here. It's why we come to church week after week and we praise God because we know that everything that matters in life is connected to God and His presence and His Spirit. We are curious Creatures. Anybody else in here curious? Curiosity is something that God puts inside of us. And we have this desire to discover and this urge to find out things. We're curious. We're curious about life. We're curious about things. We're curious about other people. We're curious about how other people do things and live their life. We're just curious people. We, we want to discover. We want to experience. We want to know. Even when we're not certain that we want to experience, we, we still want to know. We want to, we want to learn. We want to see. We've got to test things. It's innate in us. God created us that way with that desire to discover, to learn, to be curious and curiosity, while it's God-given, can actually be extremely dangerous and must be handled with wisdom. I could all tell a story. We could all tell stories of things that we went to find out and discover that end up in quite humorous circumstances or situations or even embarrassing situations or whatever where, where curiosity led us too far to a place that, that we'd rather not speak about. Curiosity in its nature really can be dangerous and curiosity alone acts like a poison. We have to handle it with wisdom. The Bible talks in the book of Proverbs, testifies of this and preaches to us that a life without wisdom is certainly doomed. We have to have wisdom in our life and in our exercise and in finding things out. And what I want to talk to you today about is the temptation of curiosity. Because while we can acknowledge that we have the best of everything in the spirit of the Lord, we still as humans are curious people. And so the potency of temptation in itself is that temptation 
plays to our curiosities, plays to the things that we do not know. In fact, we live in a world that plays to our curiosities. If you read marketing books and listen to to, to, uh, marketing gurus, they talk about this, how people are curious, and so they play to that curiosity. They will entice people with something that people don't know about or people want to see or to learn. They'll entice them through things that maybe they aren't able to find out about or it's taboo to find out about. And so they'll present these things and they play to your curiosities, to your ambitions, to your desire to know and temptation itself plays to our curiosities. Think about it in this way in our world. We live, we have the the scroll effect of life. Think about it in social media. Social media is you get on social media. It's a great tool. It's a way that you can stay connected to people. And I mean, how else do you know what people are having for dinner and what goes on in their house unless you're on social media, right? And uh, uh, you, you get on social media and you connect to people. Let's say you get on social media and you say, I'm just getting on, just want to get on to connect to my close friends and my family. And you find that you have five of them and you connect to all five of them. And, and unless they're posting all the time, pretty soon you're going to scroll through everything they post and you get past that. But what does social media do? It then says suggested posts that you may like. And it adds other things on there and it plays to your curiosities and it entices you and it draws you in because the longer they have you in, the more money they make on ads and the more, the more it is better for them. And so what you, what you find out, anybody remember, uh, uh, somebody, somebody posted something the other day I saw. They said, does anybody ever remember? There was a picture of an old cell phone. Do you remember telling somebody, call me back after 9 p.m. when my minutes are free? <laughs> Yeah, you're telling your age. To our children here, I want to tell you, I'm so old, I remember when social media, you would scroll and get to the end, and it just stopped. Remember those? The good old days. Now it's just endless scrolling. It's always there. There's always something new. And this is the culture. This is, this is sort of the, the world that we live in. Things are always there. And here's the problem, the lie of curiosity. And I'm not speaking against that. I'm just using that to illustrate how we are. But here's the problem with the temptation of curiosity. And that is this, that the lie of curiosity is that we may be missing out. That's the lie of curiosity. Curiosity says, well, well, yes, what I have is good, but I may be missing out. Maybe there's something out there that I don't know about, and it, it, it draws you in. I may be missing out on something better. I may be missing out on something more. Or how about this one? I may be missing out on something I need. Looking at all you shoppers in the room here today. I don't know. There's another thrift store, another antique mall. I don't know what's in there, but maybe it's something I need. 
But think about this on a spiritual level. Let's put this down and bring this to a spiritual level. Here we live in a culture that is constantly appealing to our curiosities. The scripture, while, while we were created as curious creatures, tells us that we must walk in wisdom with this. And yet the world sort of throws all regard to wisdom and just says, no, you, you may be missing out and entices you. Here we have already discovered, we have already, we have already proclaimed rather that everything that we could ever want, ever desire is right here in the presence of God. That everything that I could ever imagine is right here in the presence of God. David writes, in thy presence is fullness of joy. But somewhere along the line, curiosity got the better of that psalmist. And he finds himself in idle time. And he finds himself not at war. As the armies of God are out there fighting and defending the kingdom of God, he's at home on his palace. And while he has everything, curiosity says, maybe you're missing out. You know the story. He eyes the woman. He finds Bathsheba. He devises a way to bring her in. He goes through the whole conspiracy to have her husband brought back. When that one fails, he goes to plan B and has him killed and takes him so far. Here it is. Here it is, the temptation of curiosity. Look at this. In the very beginning of the book, we see in Genesis that Eve was tempted when she was lied to that she was missing out. Lucifer comes to her as a serpent, and he does three things. Number one, you've heard me say this before. Number one, he questions God's word. Did God really say that? Number two, he denies God's word. God did not really say that. Number three, he changes God's word, and he says, no, in fact, if you do this, you'll become like God. You won't die. You're going to become like God. He questioned God's word. He denied God's word. Then he changed. Changed God's word and he convinced Eve that she was missing out on something. I've come here today to tell somebody that what God has given you is valuable. It's precious. It's better than anything that you could ever receive in this world. It'll take you through every trial. It'll walk you through every valley. He'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you and he'll be with you and I'm here to preach against the lie that tells you that you are missing out on something better. No, there's nothing more, amen, in this life than to live for Jesus Christ. Someone clap your hands unto the Lord if you believe it today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We come to the story of the prodigal son and there's many highlights, many ways directions that we could go but let me just let me just acknowledge here that here we find this same scenario play out he was in his father's house the son had everything he could have wanted he had all the provisions he had the protection he was set 
for life. He had an inheritance that was coming. If only he would have served as the son. If only, yes, he was the younger son. He wasn't the eldest son. To the eldest would be given, uh, uh, let's say, the lion's share of the inheritance. But with that share to the eldest also went the responsibility of taking care of all of the other family members that weren't able to take care of themselves. And to the younger was giving a lesser inheritance, but his responsibility was less as well. He only had to care for himself and his family. He, he, he wasn't burdened with the other things. So therefore he had a smaller inheritance and, and he should have been content with this. He should have been happy and pleased with this. But the temptation of curiosity says maybe you're missing out. There's more for you. I wish I could say here today that when you come and live for God with all of your heart, that you're never going to have another bad day and you're never going to have a temptation. You're never going to be drawn away. But that would be a lie. Every young person, every youth, every hyphen here today, especially as you step out into this realm of independence, there is this temptation, this curiosity that that says, maybe there's more for me. And the world will lie to you. Look at what it says he did. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. I'm going to go as far away as I can. And in that far country, look at what it says. There wasted his substance with riotous living. The curiosity sucks us in. It becomes addictive. Could be as simple as idle time, King David, or it could be as drastic, dear prodigal, as taking everything you have and going as far away as you can and trying to live the most opposite way that you've lived from a life of stewardship and discipline and respect and order. He abandons it all. And he swings the pendulum to the far end and wasted his life with riotous living, no regard, threw caution to the wind to experience it all, to find what he had been missing, to, to, to step into what he had been withheld from, to experience what was rightfully his, but he had never been allowed to experience the curiosity became addictive. And all of a sudden, he went looking for things that weren't even as good as what he already had. That's the temptation of curiosity. The temptation of curiosity drives the man to leave his wife and the love of a relationship and to go Search for something else. The temptation of curiosity calls the child to abandon the love of parents to go team up with someone else who they think is great, who loves them, but is just 
there to use them. The temptation of curiosity becomes addictive and now they find themselves dependent and craving and looking for things that aren't even as good as what they already had. How does the psalmist go from pinning the words in thy presence is fullness of joy to looking for joy outside of God's word? Hear me today. I would like to say that it's only a a thing for youth to look at, that that us that are mature and have been around the church, we are not challenged by this. We have no worries, but yet there stands testimony in the New Testament. Paul says, Demas hath forsaken us. Demas hath forsaken. He was a part of the missionary team. He was a part of the pastoral staff. He was on the journey, but he's forsaking us having loved this present world. The temptation of curiosity causes a man to do things that he loses his mind over. I'm here to tell you that God created us as curious people, but that discovery only works when we stay within God's set boundaries. Let me tell you, you are not the same as someone in the world. You are not the same as someone in the world. That's not elitism. That's not saying that you are better, but you are different. You've been bought with a price. You have been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. You have been changed. You have been washed. You don't think the same. You don't act the same. Amen. And I'm here to tell you that what God has given you, what God has blessed you with, it should not just be casually discarded or set aside. We must handle our life with wisdom. We must walk. Walk in obedience to the word of God. You don't belong to the world. You don't think like the world. You don't fit in with the world. The world plays to curiosity. The world succumbs to curiosity. We see it today so boldly in our faith. The proclamation just on many levels we could look at, but one of the greatest testifiers and illustrators of Every civilization that has walked away from God and ultimately fallen, and even a characteristic, he says, of the end times uh, is their gross immorality, the immorality, the sexuality of the world. They will be curious. He says in Romans that they will forsake the natural use, and they will do things that are unthinkable, that are unseen that don't make sense what's he saying they will leave what is precious to go find something that's not even as good as what God has given them here this preacher today amen there are certain things that God has blessed us with but they only work within the boundaries that God has given us can I just preach for a little bit and talk for a little bit I I I uh I, I enjoy food and I enjoy trying new food and tasting new food. Anybody else enjoy that? I love that. I know some of you, you just like meat and potatoes. Don't give me anything new. Don't give me anything special. Don't give me anything extra. But I, 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 
I have to admit, it's one of my weaknesses. I, I, I like to try something new. Every time I go to a restaurant, I, I want to order something, but I, I'm, I'm worried I'm going to be missing out. And so I have to ask the waiter or the waitress, should I do this or this? I, I feel like I'm going to get a bad dish. Ever, anybody ever been to a restaurant and you think, man, I should have ordered the other thing? You know, I was like, I don't like that. And so, you know, your taste, God give us taste buds. And those are individual. Some of you like liver. I'm praying for you all. And gizzards and things. I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. If I can't, I don't know. Some of you, you know. Sister Ashley, I know, I know you're with me. You always like to taste something. And I know you've had some bad experiences, and you share that with us. And I know you have some fun with all of that. And, 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 and God give us, he gave us different taste buds, though, for a reason. He created us that way, so we have different preferences. We have different styles, things that we like and things that we don't like. And, and he gave that to us, and it's fun. It's what makes life fun and, and, and not dull and boring and something you can look forward to and all those things. But, but that taste and, and that curiosity and the discovery is only good when we, when we stay within the boundaries. Because you can try anything, but you don't want to try everything. There's some poison out there. There's some things, amen, that will kill you. There's some things you don't need to drink. You ought not try. You, you, this is not going to be helpful for you, and, and it's going to mess you up. And then that pleasure and that desire and all that stuff that God gave us, that ability and freedom and liberty, all of that's going to be for naught. It's going to destroy. It's going to mess you up. It's the same way with life. God, God gave us abilities, but we've got to stay within his boundaries. And can I tell you, one of those things that our world is missing and getting wrong has gone nuts over and has, has entered into that place of wasting themselves is sexuality. It's not popular to preach anymore that God made them male and female and that for this cause shall a man leave his mother and father and cling to his wife and they shall be one flesh. Paul says this, that the marriage bed is pure and undefiled as long as you operate within the boundaries that God has established. There is blessings in your life. There is liberty in your life. But when you step outside of those boundaries, it will destroy. It will Deteriorate, And can I tell you, the rot of our civilization today is not found, amen, in, 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 in certain other places. It is found in our decaying morals and sexuality today. Hear this preacher today. Everything that you could ever want in this life is found in the Holy Ghost. It's a lie of the enemy that tells you you're missing out. You're missing out. Curiosity will cause you to do things that you will lose your mind over. The world lies to you, and I come to a close with this if they'll come to the music. Proverbs chapter number 9 and verse 17. Anybody have it here? Proverbs chapter 9 and verse number 17. 
says this. It's talking about the wisdom and foolishness, and I, I think I've alluded to this several times before, but foolishness declares this. You can put it on the screen. Stolen waters are sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Now think about this with me for a moment. Stolen waters are sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. The chapter starts out, does anybody, does any, any of you moms in here have any goldfish or animal crackers or crackers in here? Come on, I know you got some. I knew I could count on you, Sister Kessler. <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to have a cracker. If I could borrow a cracker or one goldfish, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a lot. Jensen, could you help her out? Go back there and get it for her. And she could just, just one. We don't need a whole lot. I know. Don't worry about what flavor it is. All right, come on up here. You stand right there. Stand right there. Proverbs, that chapter, you can put that verse back up there. That chapter starts out, and it says, Wisdom has spread her table. And at the table of wisdom is a feast. All, whatever you would want on that table. Whatever you could imagine on that. All kinds of cheeses and grapes and... Oh, man, everything you could imagine, prime rib and pork chops, ribs. Wisdom has spread his table. Anybody hungry in here? For you crazy folks, there's some gizzards and kidneys, hearts, whatever. I don't know, somewhere around there. Wisdom has spread her table. There it is. And anybody can come. This is wisdom. But folly, folly has another thing. It sets up another table. Puts on a pretty face. Acts all excited. Says, you don't want that? Guess what I've got? Stolen water. And bread. We can eat it in secret. You've got a cracker there. I want, you, I want you to go ahead and eat it. Here, don't let anybody see it. Go ahead and eat it. <laughs> Bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Are you finished? Are you done? Okay, you ate it all? You're not done yet. I don't want to show you. <laughs> Chew it up. Hurry up. This is what folly says. I got a question for you. What did that cracker taste like? Goodness. Goodness, he says. <laughs> but what did it taste like? Did it taste like meat? Just, it tastes like a cracker. It tastes like a... Can you say that louder? It tastes like a cracker. It tastes like a cracker. <laughs> I got a news flash for you. Right. You know what stolen water tastes like? Water. Water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what bread eaten in secret tastes like? Bread. But now you stole it. And now you've got to run from somebody. You've got to hide. You've got to try to cover it up. You made people mad at you. You could have gone to wisdom's table and had bread and water if you wanted. Because wisdom's table had that too. 
here to tell you the thank you buddy the world will lie to you and tell you that you are missing out Bible says that he ends up in a pig pen and you know the story he's working in a pig pen I, I don't understand totally how this works out but it says he joined himself with a citizen of that country he's in need he's in famine he's in want and he sent him into his field to feed the swines and verse 16 and he would have fain filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him this is how bad it is you are working at a pig pen and they're rationing out the pig's food and saying, you can't have any. That's how bad. I'm going to tell you, curiosity can make you lose your mind if you give in to the temptation of where it pulls you from. Think of what you have right now. Think of what you have right now, your home your marriage, your family, your job, your career, your church, your friends. Think of what you have right now. And I know in thinking of that, there are difficulties and there are heavinesses and there are burdens and there are strains and there are things that aren't perfect. But think of what you have. There's misunderstandings and things that you don't think are fair and all of that stuff. But look at what the verse says. It says in verse 17, and when he came to himself, which means when all of a sudden his mind stopped for a moment... He stopped following the urge of curiosity in every lie. And he said, wait a minute. Let me think about this. He said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger? You know what he acknowledged? Here's what he acknowledged all the way out there. He acknowledged this, that if I had been blessed with less, I still would have had more. He doesn't go back and say, look at my elder brother. He says, look at my father's servants. What's he saying? He's saying, if I had never been loved as much as I had been loved, that love still would have been more than what I found out here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. If I hadn't been as blessed as I was blessed, I still would have been blessed more than I am out here. If my father didn't even know my name, I still would be better off than I am out here. Oh, hear me today, somebody. We were talking about testimonies this morning. Don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let the world lie to you that you're missing out. Amen. If I didn't have as much as what God has done for me, I still have every reason. Amen. To love where I'm at. If God hadn't done as much for me, if he did not know my name, I still have every reason to come into the house and say in my presence is fullness of joy. Would you stand together with me this morning? We are in a spiritual warfare. And the world tells you that you are missing out. The world tells you that holiness is hindering you. The world tells you the church is a cult. The world tells you that beliefs are restrictive. Our flesh tells us that it's not fair. But the truth is, is that God's done more for me than I ever could have imagined.
And the reality is, is that it's better than I could have ever dreamed. And this world has nothing to offer me. Can we bow our heads in this place today, Lord? In Jesus' name, I thank you for your word. God, more importantly, I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your mercy. And I thank you for your grace. Because, God, you love us, each and every one of us, broken, abused, hurting. God, angry, you love us when we throw our tempers. You love us, God, when we complain, when we whine. You love us, God, when we run away. God, you have done more for me. You have done more for me in my past, God. And if you had done less, it still would be enough. And it would be better than anything outside of this world. Pray, God, today, Lord, for someone that is dealing with temptation, that curiosity is entering into their life. I pray, God, right now that there would be a strength in their heart to say, God, I love you, to make their commitment and their calling and their election sure this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All across this place, can you lift your hands toward heaven? Come on, can you surrender to God in your own words? Come on. Maybe God's talking to you today. Maybe there's something today you need to lay down at an altar. Maybe there's something today. Maybe you're at home online today and there's something God's dealing with you about. You need to lay down. Maybe God's calling you back today. Amen. Would you join me at an altar of repentance? Would you find a place? Amen. To pour out your heart before God. Can I Can I appeal to you today on behalf of the love of God? Can I appeal to you today? Come on. Can I call you church to a place of gratitude and a place of thanksgiving. Come on, can we just find a song in our heart today? Can we find a prayer today in our week today to say, God, Lord, if you never do more for me, God, you've given me the best of everything I could have. Come on, as they begin to sing, let's lift our hearts to the Lord. Come on, can you turn your hearts toward heaven today? Come on, make this about you and God. Don't worry about anybody else that is around. Don't worry about what else is going on. The Holy Ghost is in the house today. Hallelujah, Lord. I bless your name, Jesus.